Hi there. Welcome to the Raven's Call. I'm Eric Wordweaver Shervin, Gothi of the Ridgar Folk here in East Texas, and I would like to welcome you to the program. Uh, this is a show where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects, just kind of whatever strikes my fancy, sets my mind on fire at the time. If you guys like what you see, subscribe, ding the bell, you know, all of that. Interact, you know the spiel. Uh, more you interact, more people see it. So, big UPG warning at the beginning of things. You know that I am a middle-of-the-road kind of guy, not a hardcore recon. I am not a fluffy bunny. So, there you go. <laughs> I am middle of the road. I'm kind of my own thing. Uh, grassroots heathenry is my thing. Onwards to today's subject. But before I get started, I've noticed an uptick in the videos. You guys really seemed to like the last video where I rambled on about the whole well uh, and my kind of viewpoints on that. That, that got a lot of uh, interaction, a lot of views, and people seem to enjoy the more esoteric side of things. So I will be doing more like that in the future. Can't really rush those things because I'll hit those like epiphany moments where I'll be like, oh, this is cool. And then I'll build this new aspect in my mind where I understand things better. It's like seeing something. Um, like those 3D images where all of a sudden it just kind of pops in and you see it and there it is. Cool. So that's kind of what I'm shooting for with those. It's like I have an epiphany and then I try to turn it into something that I can translate to you guys. Some of these are epiphanies that I've had years and years ago, so it's all stuff that I've been able to develop my worldview and everything on since then. But it is what it is, and you'll see more of that here coming up. Um, keep in mind that um, I'm very much a proponent for your heathenry is your heathenry. And so I, I, anything that I throw up here is just my viewpoints, just my way of thinking about things. It is not everybody's viewpoint. It's not, you know, hardcore. This is heathenry. This is just how I do heathenry, and I hope that it's a conversation starter or an eye-opener, uh, thought starter that might get you going in developing your own understanding of the worldview and everything, because that's where it really matters. You know, heathenry, once it's internalized and becomes your culture, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or if anybody else tells you you're doing it wrong, because it's not their hall, it's not their call. Your hall, your call. You do how you do. So, Let's jump into today's subject. This is something that uh, is kind of on the philosophical side of things, but still on the theological side of things. Uh, it's the Omnis. Uh, you've heard me reference these in previous videos, and I've always said I'm going to come back and do a video on the Omnis. So I decided, okay, hey, let's go ahead and sit down and try and talk about the Omnis and see what we can do with that. So we're going to give it a shot, okay? This is a difficult video for me to kind of put into some kind of concise narrative, simply because uh, these are, it'll make sense here in a minute, or it won't, but uh, it's a big thing to try and cram down into a little video, and it works better usually with some back and forth between people where you can actually have uh, some interaction and some you can feed off of one another. So anyway, the omnis. Now what I mean by the omnis, there's three big terms that you're going to hear with relation to religion typically. This is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent or omnipotent. Now <laughs> I say it the omnipotent way just for that example because of the omnis aspect. Omnipotent is how it's pronounced, but still. Um, the idea behind these, omniscient is all-knowing, omnipresent is being everywhere, and omnipotent is being all-powerful. And in the concept of gods of limited access, which we've talked about before, there is there's some holdover and some baggage that I've seen from people in the Western kind of uh, zeitgeist where they come from a religion or at least a worldview 
that focuses heavily on an omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent deity that is everywhere and in everything and is all-powerful, etc., etc., etc. And that doesn't hold for polytheism. Um, but I still see people try and translate heathenry into the omni kind of mentality. Now, there's, there's some significant problems with that. Yeah, like I'll hear people say that, you know, Odin's watching you, or that, you know, uh, Frigga's always with you, or, you know, Freya's there with me all the time. Like, yeah, I'm not one to tell people they're doing it wrong, but I don't really see it that way. I see the gods as being of limited access because they are not infinite, omnipresent beings. Uh, they are other. They are greater. They are far beyond us. Is there something beyond the gods and greater and bigger than them? Possibly. I don't know. Uh, I can't fully comprehend the gods themselves in their grand scape and scope, so therefore I can't necessarily understand anything beyond that other than in concept alone. Uh, so. There's no telling. My troth is to the gods, and therefore it's the gods to whom I look. Now we've talked some about hard polytheism and soft polytheism, etc., etc. I am a hard polytheist. I believe that the gods are separate entities. They are not aspects of one or even a dualistic deity. Like what I would refer to as a soft polytheist is someone who sees um, Thor and Tyr and the other gods as aspects of Odin. That Odin is the, the one god that the others are just faces that he puts on as he walks the earth, you know, as he walks Midgard. And because uh, Odin is a wanderer and he's said to put on different faces, things like that, but um, I do not see the other gods of his tribe as aspects of Odin. I see them as individual entities in and of themselves. And we've talked about that in previous videos, so I'll try not to be too redundant. Same thing with uh, Frigga and Freya and the other goddesses. I've seen uh, even the handmaidens of Frigga having been expressed as aspects of Frigga. No, I see them as individual goddesses and individual entities. Um, and that's a key point because philosophically, for one thing to be a thing, it must have boundaries. It must be other than something else. This is where things kind of get confusing, all right? So we're going to jump in and start talking from one to the next as we go through things, okay? We've got omnipotent, omnipotent, uh, omnipresent, and omniscient. Now, of course, omnipotent, omnipotent, <laughs> is, uh, I'm not saying that wrong, I'm saying that in the sequence for the video so that it ties with the whole omni thing. But omnipotence in and of itself, having all power. If you look to the gods, if you look to the lore that we have on them, the gods are not omnipotent. The gods have struggles. The gods have limitations to their power. Case in point, if you look at Edun's apples with the uh, the immortality of the gods, the, the fountain of youth aspect of Edun's apples, apropos for this time of year, given that it's springtime when I'm filming this, uh, the gods have limitations on their powers and their life abilities, you know, how long they're going to live, their life expectancies. <sighs> It is said that the gods are mortal and there's an end to the gods and that there are new gods born, there are gods that die. They do not always exist. There is a time before Olinvili and Ve, there's a time before Bor and Buri, back in the times of Genungagap. And so there is a beginning for the gods. And within our mythology, there is an end within the capstone of Ragnarok. Um, but still, it depends whether or not you give any credence to the Ragnarok uh, story line of mythology. 
it's there, it's within, so we're going to use it within a context here, but uh, it does not necessarily apply to all. I know there are some that reject Ragnarok as part of the mythology because they feel like it's a Christian syncretism. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. I think that there's some stuff, there's some aspects of Ragnarok that predate uh, Christian syncretism, but I do think that the imagery that we have tied to Ragnarok and the story that we have tied to it uh, does have some heavy Christian syncretism in place. Uh, there's a wonderful article out, the author of the Voluspa. Highly recommend reading it. Um, I think it's in the Adun periodical uh, that you can get from the Troth. But um, it's a great article, well written, talks about uh, the author of the Voluspa. And I'll go through, I think, at some point in time and do a specific thing on it. But the gist here is that it was written as a reaction to the Christianization of Iceland, and but it's done steeped in uh, heathen mythology. And so the idea here is that the gods struggle, the gods die, the gods age. They are not omnipotent. If you look at Thor's journey to Utgard, Loki, when he faces off against old age, when he strives to lift Jormungandr from the sea, you know, when he is doing all of these feats and he's not succeeding, you know, with the... If you look at his fishing expedition, when Thor goes out and casts the ox head into the ocean and then riles that up and, and goes to strike Jormungandr, and uh, he fails. If, if Thor were omnipotent, then Thor would not even have needed to go through all of that. Thor simply would have just smote him out of existence. Our gods have limited capabilities, which is a difficult thing for some people to hear because they think that somehow makes the gods less. It doesn't make them less. They're still the creators. They still created the world and put things into motion. Their powers are still far beyond anything that we are capable of comprehending, let alone rivaling within our limited capacities on Midgard. It simply means that the gods have boundaries. That's the thing. Um, people get hung up on the term limited, like limited access with gods. It's not necessarily that... It is a limit. It is an outer boundary of a time. But it doesn't necessarily make them less. It simply makes them defined. It makes them concrete. Whereas something more esoteric, such as some omnipotent god who has powers beyond description, uh, let alone comprehension, um, and there's a lot of things there that just don't jive, and I'm not going to try and do any kind of commentary on any of the other world religions. I simply try to put it in context of uh, heathen mythos, uh, Norse mythology, Germanic mythology, etc., etc., etc. So, when you're talking about omnipotence, it's established within the lore that the gods don't necessarily have that omnipotence. They don't have that endless power. There is limitations to their power. There is an upper limit on what they're capable of doing, of the effect that they can have on the world. Even in the stories of uh, Olden, when he is influencing uh, the outcomes of battle, he does so largely through his Valkyrie, who he sends down there to grant luck to one side or the other and turn the tides of war. Uh, even within the Volsunga saga, he doesn't go through and just magic up a superhero. Um, it's a sired line of demigods that then are given gifts and luck and ultimately pay a price for all of that uh, from, from Olden's line, but it's all a limited thing. It's all within the realm of Midgard and the limitations of the physicality of this space. Now, the gods themselves exist in sacred time and sacred space, which are different from profane time and profane space. So, there 
their abilities are going to be sacred abilities, not profane abilities such as we have. So they're still well beyond our comprehension. They do have limitations though, at least so it would seem to us here. And logically, it has to kind of follow that and we'll get into some more of that here in a little bit. Um, if you talk about omnipresence, because we're gonna get to omniscience last, okay? Uh, omnipresence, when you're talking about omnipresence, you're talking about being everywhere at one time. This is one thing that is the biggest hang-up for people when it comes to the concept of gods of limited access, is they wanna grant omnipresence to the gods the way that the rest of Western society with the big uh, monotheistic belief structures grant to their deity, simply because that puts their deity everywhere and in all things at all times, and it's a warm and fuzzy kind of thought, but it doesn't really jive with any kind of applied logic, because if you look at omnipresence within a polytheistic point of view, for the gods to exist, okay, we'll take just one god, because you can't, it'll make sense here in a second. We'll take Olden. Olden is not omnipresent. Olden has limitations on his presence, on where he is in his physical space. There is a limitation to his body and the space in which he takes up. Is it necessarily even within the dimensions that we understand? Nope. But simply put, he is not everywhere at all times because if he was everywhere at all times, he would be all things. There would be no differentiation between Odin and anything else because everything would be Odin and Odin would be all things. If Odin was everywhere and in all things, there would be no other gods because if you have Thor here and Odin here, then they are separate entities. If Odin is everywhere, then he is also where Thor is and therefore he is Thor. Um, gets into that soft polytheistic kind of point of view. But it goes further in that in order to be everywhere and in all things, it's gonna play out in the omniscience side of things here in a minute, but <clears throat> he would be everywhere at all times with all things. He would be in Midgard, in Jotunheim, and all of these things, but that doesn't jive with Olden's wandering and the fact that Olden is his himself. He battles giants, or he battles Jotun. Jotun the misuse of the term as giant. Jotun actually means, um, it's referred to as the other, but it actually means kind of like devourer kind of thing. But um, they are the other from the gods. There's the Aesir and the Jotun are out here in the outer, just like the Vanir or another outer that were brought in through alliance. But anyway, take the Vanir for example. There would be no need for an Aesir-Vanir war if Olden were at all things at all times because he would be the Vanir, he would be the Aesir, and to fight against one another would be folly. Again, you're falling into this monotheistic way of looking at things. And there's a lot of things that don't jive with that as far as, as application in the outside world from a polytheistic standpoint, from a hard polytheistic standpoint. So in order for the gods to be separate entities in and of themselves, none of them can be omnipresent. For the gods to have limitations on their power and their lifespan and things like that, they're not omnipotent. They have limitations. For them to be separate entities, for one to be here and another to be here, they can't coincide the same space, same time, as far as we know, um, but still to be other 
to be here and to be here, to be one and the other, they cannot be omnipresent. Otherwise, there is no other, all are one. And so it's more of a force kind of thing. Um, jives with some Eastern philosophies, jives with some of the core tenets of some of the bigger monotheistic religions, uh, but it does not hold true in polytheism. And you will find this true in other polytheistic points of view as well. If you look at some of the other religions that practice polytheism, they do see their separate gods as separate entities, as separate individuals, and therefore are of limited, limited presence. Put it that way. Limited presence, as in there are boundaries on their presence. I have boundaries on my presence. You can see them. You can see my skin. You can see the outer boundary of me. I am here and my coffee cup is here. All right, boom. I am not where my coffee cup is. My coffee cup is not where I am. I am not existing in the same space, same time. Even at where I am holding it, there is a division between my finger and the coffee cup. I am not omnipresent. The gods are not omnipresent either. Uh, they have their limitations. Some people are going to disagree with me. It's a gut check reaction. I understand. There's a kick where you say, yes, they are, and kick in. I get it. All right. I'm not going to sit here and try and argue with people, their worldviews. You either get it or you don't in this instance. And so I'm going to let y'all stew on it a bit and think about it and come to your own conclusions. It's okay if you disagree with me, but um, from a hard polytheistic standpoint, for the entities to be separate, none of them can be omnipresent. None of them can be. Uh, for any one in entity to be omnipresent, then all things are of one. And um, that's not uh, it's not how I see it working. It's not how I've experienced it working. My working with the gods, I'm, I'm not even talking about just going from uh, the historical aspects, not just from the lore and things like that. From my own experiences, dealing with the gods in ritual and and communing with the gods, they are separate entities. There are times that Odin is there and there are times that Thor is there. There are times when Edun is there. Just like right now in the springtime, Edun is present on Midgard. My lawn is exploding because her footsteps across Midgard, her attention, her gaze, has burst everything to life and brought it forth in such vigor and such vibrance that it's just awe-inspiring and daunting when it comes to cutting the grass. <laughs> but still, there is a time when Adon is here and her attention is focused on Midgard, and there are times when not so much, at least not at least our area of Midgard. Uh, it's entirely possible that they focus on different parts of the world. Their presence is felt in different parts of the world. It stands to reason, I think, that manifests itself in the seasons that we experience, and the hemispherical differences in that means that attention is focused elsewhere at any one point in time. If you were to sit here and look at a globe and spin it, you can only look at so much of the globe at any one time. So. If you were omnipresent, you would be the globe, and therefore it wouldn't matter. The globe wouldn't matter. Space wouldn't matter. None of it would, because it's all one thing, and all things then cease to exist. Because if they are omnipresent, then they are us. They are our consciousness. Worship then becomes irrelevant. There is no worship of other gods, because they are all Olin at that point. And uh, it, it eliminates free will. It eliminates... The sense of self, the ego, the soul, all of that goes away because it all ceases to be, uh, because there is no division between. Let's talk about omniscience real quick. This dovetails right into omnipresence. The gods are not omniscient. They are not all-knowing. They do not know everything at all times. For Roland to know all things at all times, 
he would not be a wanderer seeking wisdom. He would not have hung on the night on the tree for nine nights seeking the runes. He would not have given his eye for wisdom in the well. Everything about Olden is seeking wisdom. It's gaining knowledge. It is becoming powerful through knowledge. It is benefiting the tribe through knowledge and wisdom. The gods themselves have their limitations. If the gods were omniscient, the gods would know where Thor's hammer was before Thor had to go and seek it. They would have no beguilement from Loki. They would have, they would know all the things and therefore things would no longer matter. Anytime you become all of one, then movement becomes an, an illusion. Everything becomes an illusion at that point because it's all of one thing. And so the gods themselves are not omniscient. I mean, that's, that's fairly well established within the mythos. And it dovetails in with the whole omnipresent thing because the gods, to be omniscient, they would need to know everything everywhere and would have to be everywhere. Uh, there would be no other. It would all be one, there would be no other. And so you can't be, if they're omnipresent, then they're experiencing all things at once and therefore are omniscient. If they're omniscient, then they're aware of all things and therefore effectively omnipresent. So these are three different aspects that you find present in the more monotheistic religions because they need that for their god to cover all of this. Our gods don't necessarily need that. When we see them and we look at the actual application of our gods in the world, we see when their presence is felt, we call them to ritual. We would not need to call them to ritual or to address them. We wouldn't even need to do ritual in and of itself at all if they were omnipresent, omnipotent, or omniscient. They just wouldn't. So, because all would be one and it would be moot point. It would be you are doing ritual to yourself at that point. And that's not how it is. I mean, the lore gives us that uh, Olden, Holner, and Loder gave Ash and Embla life and vitality and the, the capacity of self and thought. Um, those are dividing factors. Those are identifiers. You do not need an identifier for something if, it, if there's nothing to differentiate it from. You know, we know, um, we know this is a ring because it's not my hand. The two are separate. You know, I know that this is a ring. I know that this is my hand. If they were just one thing, there would be no reason to identify it because there would be no other to compare it to. Names are needed to differentiate between one and the other. Tribal names, tribal identities, any kind of identity exists from one and other. For one and other to exist, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence cannot. Um, otherwise, it's simply an illusion within a cloud. Um, there's a swirl over here and a swirl over here, but it's all one thing. And even a cloud is misguiding. Even water is misguiding because they are they're separate things. You know, a suspension within water is this thing is something else and this is something else. And there is a division between the two. I mean, when you start getting down to a, a molecular bonding, then the two become one and the separates no longer exist. They become one thing. And that is a manifestation within the... There's a, it's a manifestation within the physical world of a phenomenon that we would experience on a greater scale uh, if you apply it to the gods. For, for Olden to be all things at all, uh, all times, and to be omnipresent, omniscience, all of that, it would... All things would just be Olden, or at least the amalgam of Olden and those things, the new thing that it is, whatever it would be called. Um, it would need a name 
it wouldn't need a name because there would be nothing to compare it to. <laughs> there would be no differentiation. So, how does this play out? Uh, let's you know we're talking about terms, and you're saying Eric, these things don't apply to heathenry. So why do we care? Simply because as people come to me, they ask me about the worldview. They ask me about the heathen worldview. They talk about the gods, and they don't necessarily grasp some of the finer points of gods of limited access. They don't necessarily grasp some of the difference in worldview and the way that that works. And this is a key thing to get because most people don't even think about the fact that they're applying the concepts of omnipotence, omnipresence, and um, omniscience to gods that would not, th that, that doesn't fit, it doesn't jive. And so the rituals become more important because the gods have limits to their existence, because they have boundaries. We have boundaries. Our ritual spaces have boundaries. Our contact in the gods themselves is reaching across a boundary to exchange luck. There are so many things here where boundaries exist that separate things are separate things that the omnis cannot apply. They just cannot apply. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold to logical expression at that point. So why then should I even talk about this? It's simply because it helps, to, it helps people to think about their gods. It helps people to really explore the gods and to really apply critical thinking, not to gut check reject and just say, ah, oh, he's full of crap, you know, the gods are everywhere, Olden's with me all the time, blah, 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 but to actually think about it. And if you think about it, then you can become more effective in connecting with the gods and goddesses. You can get better results from your rituals because you understand that they're not necessarily there all the time. In order to call them to ritual, it's because they're not there to begin with. It's not their attention. And uh, you are calling their attention to you. If they were omniscient, uh, you would be their attention and therefore you wouldn't need to call it to you. Um, they would already know. But you need to call them to the ritual so that you can establish that connection and do the exchange and get the luck and to feed back in, to reciprocate in the gift-giving process. So that's why the omnis are kind of a wonky thing. And I can have a really long conversation. I'm trying to keep this around the 30-minute mark, give or take. And uh, so I could go really long-winded on the omnis as far as this goes, but I mean, that's just the gist of it. The omnis don't really apply. And uh, our gods are of limited access, so there are times when Olden's presence is more felt. I tend to feel Olden's presence on Midgard more around the times of, say, October, November, December kind of areas, uh, the wintry times, because I feel like the wintry times are largely affected by Olin's presence, just like uh, Sona is very, very present during the summer, and Edon is very, very present during the spring, etc., etc., etc. I feel like the presence of the gods on Midgard is manifested in the seasons, largely. Does that mean that they're hard set to these times and they're scheduled that they gotta be here? I mean, spring's not gonna come unless Edon's here. <laughs> That's the thing. And uh, they, they, they keep their cycles because that keeps the order and they are gods of order. So not exactly that there's a schedule per se, but we would definitely notice if they deviated or changed or anything like that uh, as far as their attentions go. Now they can pay attention. You can call their attention to a number of things uh, through ritual and through, you know, dialing it in and saying, hey, look at me, I'm down here. So the whole gist of this, I mean, the whole takeaway on all of this is that in order for us to more effectively 
worship the gods, for us to more effectively commune with the gods and to really forge those connections, we need to re recognize the limitations of the gods. Again, the connotation that goes along with the term limitations, the boundaries of the gods. We need to know when we're walking up to their boundary. We need to know that, you know, I can't just say, hey, Odin, watch this. And I need to do something that's worthy of Odin's attention and call his attention to it. And maybe he looks, maybe he doesn't. Maybe his ravens are looking. Maybe the Valkyrie are looking. Hugin and Munin. <laughs> Hugin, how can I talk about omniscience and not have brought up Hugin and Munin? Olden has Hugin and Munin fly around the worlds to gather information for him and bring them back. If he was omniscient, he wouldn't need that. And no, that's not an expression of the omniscience because he fears for one of his ravens not returning. If he was omniscient, then that would be a useless metaphor because if he was all-knowing, then he wouldn't need the raven to come back because he wouldn't need the memory. Um, so anyway, you get what I'm going at here, I hope at least. If anything, it should spur you into thinking more about your own particular worldviews, your own particular views on the gods and goddesses and how this works, and hopefully um, spawn some really cool conversations for you guys. So thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys are staying safe out there with all this craziness that's going on in the world. So from my heart to yours, I wish you good luck and good health. Hail to you all. Thank you. May your hearth fires burn bright.